Roger, roger. Roger, roger. Welcome back, everybody, for another episode of Roger, Roger. As always, I'm Derek. This is Charles here, guys. Super excited to hop in to yet another very exciting episode of Star Wars Visions here on the Roger And you got on, on my Roger case Roger for saying podcast. boo on Halloween. Well, mine Get was subtle here. and Get tasteful. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. You, what did you say? Boo lightful or something? Welcome, boo. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> it's better than yours. Well, hop in is a subtle one that, if went unaddressed, would have just been for the fans out there. But, That's fair. Uh, when you explain it, it becomes a lot less fun. Uh, but yeah, here we are, Lapanocho. We got a bunny character here in, in the Star Wars uh, Visions universe. And, also, Ocho uh, Eight. This is the eighth episode in, ser- in oh, the series. Oh, I see what conspiracy. you're doing there. I think there is a conspiracy going on here. So yeah, welcome back to Star Wars Visions. And, Strong start uh, on this one. Strong start. Um, <laughs> this is a long one. It's like 20 yeah. minutes long, which puts it near the top in terms of like run length for these episodes. And, and you can see why they, they put a lot of backstory into it. They, they built this whole world, this whole setting that's pretty complex. Uh, one of the more complex environments that we've been in, except for maybe the Ninth Jedi, which, again, that was two episodes that ended yeah. up getting combined into one. I'm not sure what the vision was for Lapanocho, but they were ambitious from the start, I feel like. So here I we are. I believe this is a, a story that's been told before. I think this is a classic um, Japanese kind of story where you have your, you know, maybe the Yakuza type, um, the family yes. splits one person but they split because they both think they're doing the right thing and then you have a battle a family uh battle i you know i, I think this is they so this was a tale they wanted to they had a vision for and they wanted to tell in the mm-hmm. star wars lens and uh i think it was it's just a big undertaking so you know right. that's where we get the length right right yeah and i think in the behind the scenes they explain some of that influence and it shows it, it's it's not a story that we haven't seen before, but right. they did such a good job realizing the world and the characters that, you know, you only have 20 minutes to tell a story. You're not about to reinvent the wheel here in this case. So let's focus in on the parts of Star Wars that we want to explore and and that interest us. And I think for them it was building this whole alternate world that had these kind of... Uh, this conflict between nature and enterprise and technology and that's kind of and this idea of tradition and passing down mm-hmm. values as technology progresses and things like that i feel like are the two big themes that are being explored in this episode this episode also had a bit of a different feel um to it because it wasn't like a star wars like a story it was a story on this planet it was a story with this family that happened to be in the star wars universe right which is um i believe some people were 
said it was kind of Star Wars felt tacked onto it and it wasn't really necessary. I have a different viewing of it. Yeah. Personally, I think it's uh, not every story has to be, you know, Star Wars, Star Wars. You know, it's like this is a family, a story about a family that takes place in the Star Wars universe. Sure, you could put a different skin on it if you want to for any, you know, a bunch of different types of media. But um, it works here. I think it's done well. And, it, you know, like I said, not everything has to be like a true Star Wars tale. Just having right. it, you know, a, a classic story uh, about a family is with a Star Wars skin on it is fine with me. Agreed, and I think that's the whole point of Star Wars Visions is to get these new tales that aren't some like if we just wanted callback, callback, callback. You know, we right. can watch the prequels. The you know, we don't have. To, I mean, the the sequel trilogy. We don't need to like do that. We don't need to make these whole new stories, these whole new tales, just to get hit with callbacks. And I think in terms of callbacks and references this is one of the more restrained episodes i mean right away mm-hmm. you do start with that um star destroyed like popping up right into space which i think is cool and then they do ultimately have a lightsaber at the end but like like you're saying the overall presentation the star wars asked influence of it was very understated but i feel it was also very rich in the world as well and that's what sells it to me it doesn't have to be like a star wars forward thing of like oh the force and the sith and the master and the apprentice it's like no it's like this is a planet that's been occupied by the empire but it's still very much its own traditions and its own people different from the jedi that we've seen in a bunch of these episodes so Rich, I think, was the perfect word to use because, like, you know, it's it's not hitting you over the head with Star Wars, but this feels like a lived-in world. It feels like this is what, you know, the Empire is occupying this planet this and taking over. It feels like this is just what's happening and you're immediate, you immediately understand and you, you get it. And it right. definitely, I think Star Wars elevates the story and makes it more atmospheric mm-hmm. versus having Star Wars be the focal point and then you know, the story coming after. So Agreed. and I, I like that. It's interesting. Agreed completely. I feel like only someone with an intimate knowledge, intimate knowledge of the, uh, of the empire could have depicted an occupation like this as successfully as they mm-hmm. did. And I also think the decision to make Lop a very unusual character was a further statement of this. Like, Hey, we're kind of bending the, what we're featuring is what we think is star Wars. Uh, mm-hmm. and, that to me was also an interesting creative choice, and I think people remember this as the one with the bunny in it, <laughs> ultimately. Uh, but I think by if you're going to have a show that's departing from Star Wars lore more than your average Visions episode, to have a character that does that as well, I think is really smart. And you know, some people might push back on that. It's like that's, but I think if you're going to experiment with the Star Wars formula to test some of these things and push them to their limits, I I think is really creatively very interesting. And I want to support that. So that's what I really like about this episode. Yeah. There's, I mean, I really like, I think the, uh, the characters are, I think the whole, this is one of the better art styles to me in one of the, in the entire series, just like the distance shots. You have your, all these hand-drawn backgrounds. It's beautiful. Massive and highly detailed. They're very Mm -hmm. excellent. I think they did, 
they must have done so much like initial concept art for this oh, world yeah. and this setting. Like every block was hand illustrated of this, where they have like the the market. I kind of make a, fun of it for having that huge bridge with no traffic on it. <laughs> it's like okay, here's the world building. You have. Um, empire capital and then a straight line that goes all the way to lop's house and they go back and forth it's like okay whatever (laughs) bizarre but um when they are in the world and they do like zoom in and out and they're able to do chases through the the streets and in the back alleys and you go up into the cast like the palace and stuff it it, it's all feels very well developed and rich and lived and you know we talk about world building and i think this episode in particular has way more world building than some of the others. Like I know, for example, you have like the duel or the elder where world building is totally simplified down to a very classic to just a open field. Right. And you kind of understand and that's it. Right. And that works for that kind of story. But I feel like the purpose of this episode is to flip that completely of like, let's do world building for world building's sake and, and just really push that and then get a story that we're familiar with and put it into this world so we can enjoy it yeah. and well, revel that's in it. kind of the crux of the episode. Like, if you mm-hmm. didn't really understand the world and understand why this was an issue, you, you don't really care about the plot. You don't care mm-hmm. about why the father and daughter split because they think... Uh, what they're doing is better for the family. It's better for the future, better for the uh, town, planet, whatever. And you need to really understand like what's happening on this world that tears the family apart. Otherwise, it doesn't work at all. So that world build- building is like it's probably the most important part of the story. Within, right. it's not even part of the story, you know. So that's uh, it doesn't work without that. And right. just to your point about the bridge that goes nowhere, I believe that from my impression of it is that there's one access point to the Imperial area and you have to go over here and they could easily cut it off to stop people coming in or yeah, stop but there's people no coming traffic. out. <laughs> well, no, I, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's going in It only exists for Lop to speed in and out on their own. I'm just saying that I think it makes sense. It's just not It super. makes sense. It's just it kind of goofy cool. looking. It looks cool, though. I don't know. I thought it's kind of goofy. <laughs> one, you know, one speeder meeting up. If they had the shown some troopers. traffic, that would have saved it, I think, a little bit. Yeah, but maybe. I get that it's like, hey, we're already hand painting this giant bazaar. Like, we can't also animate a hundred cars speeding right. down this highway. It's like, okay, <laughs> I don't need it. It's fine. I just saw it and noticed it. That's all and I wanted to say about it. Pretty lame looking cars. I mean, I've pointed yeah, out in yeah, a couple yeah. episodes, you know, like this dot smiley face on people in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes not even in the background. It's sometimes, uh, you know, when you have a, a, a smaller budget and anim- uh, and time constraints, you, you know, I'd rather this than the alternative. Right, right. And I oh, and like... then I forgot. To... Oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. You go ahead. Yeah. Um. Speaking of, you said you know having um a, a bunny as the main character, the one of the subtleties that they I don't think they outright say is that um. The Empire was prejudiced against non-humans in the galaxy. Any t- any mm. you know non-humanoid alien was um, had a much rougher time, and they kind of permeated like the that. Yeah, permeated that through uh, the entire galaxy for a long time. Mm. And this is something you see right here with um, Lop's planet or species getting enslaved. 
Yeah, exactly. And this episode and there was starts... actually a little more lore to it than just, right. you know. This episode starts very smart with a little bit of background, you know, like we mm-hmm. get in Dune, for example. Like, we get in Star Wars, we get the title crawl, we get it in Lord of the Rings, where it's like, years ago, this happened, and this yeah. happened, and this happened. So it's like, you get a lot of that world building out of the way very successfully with this traditional story trip of like, this is Planet Tau, and the Empire came because... They weren't like Tau wasn't evolving fast enough, and the Empire gave them all kinds of resources to advance really fast in technology. But then they started enslaving the bunny people, and now we're here. You know, it's like okay, like that is a that is a story I can get on board with. And then you're allowed to see Lop, you know, suffering around in the streets, like crawling yeah. in the shadows, but gorgeous, gorgeous, like we said like hand-drawn backgrounds where she's hopping around in the bazaar she's sneaking food and she's eating in a back alley it's like really well done mm-hmm. but so they have that whole like beginning scene where she meets the family and ocho is adamant about bringing lop into the family the dad's kind of hesitant and but ocho wins him over and they're all very happy they take the picture at the beach life is good smash cut to Ocho and the father and a disagreement, right? This Butting idea heads, of, yeah. like, we need to embrace the technology if this family's going to survive. That's what Ocho says. And then the dad's like, the Empire's obviously bad. <laughs> <laughs> Our traditions are being forgotten. We have to fight, you know? So a classic argument that we've seen a lot of times, these these loyalists to the Empire will say these things. We've heard them before. Their rhetoric Um well, I mean, the problem is both sides are right in this circumstance. Uh, you want to fight the Empire, but if you do, you're just going to lose and everybody you know is going to die. Right. So at this point, you it's go like, with them or do you just take even the if head, the Empire know? is obviously bad at this point, you this is a fight you're obviously not going to win. Have, They've right. occupied the planet. They outgun you. Like You have you, one lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? And you just don't have the means to fight. If you were to fight, it would just be instant death, annihilation. So she's like, I'm trying to salvage what we have, not fight for what we like believe in or whatever, you know, fruitlessly. So yeah, in this case you're right. I don't think anyone no one's wrong in this case. It's hard to be a there's at least good intentions yeah, from Yeah, you don't side. want to be sympathetic to the Empire. They're enslaving people and obviously evil. Not but... to the Empire, but to Ocho, specifically, I think. Right, right, right. So, Although I... she goes bad by the end. Yeah, Ocho <laughs> goes a little too far. And I think that's part of it. Like, the, in, yeah, order to, yeah. in order to kind of commit to these beliefs, you do have to go a little further. Like, I imagine, like, again, this is spoiler for the sequel trilogy, but, I mean... Come on. Um, when um, Ben Solo is like, goes to Harrison Ford and it says, thank right. you for helping me. And then he kills him. It's his way of like fully committing so that he can do what he needs to do. Right. It's like, I think she's in that same path of like, I need to do, I need to be able to commit these acts so that i can fully buy into what i need to do which is be part of the empire and, and kind work of with trick yourself and give yourself no choice and yeah you see basically that come up in commit a couple of places in star wars like that you know mm-hmm. galen urso is one yeah mm-hmm. absolutely so this idea of commitment 
is, is strong with her. And you see that a little bit. And I see a lot of it just because I'm familiar with this story trope also of, like, knowing that she's going to reconcile someday. It's like you have to know that she's just tr- suffering right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all comes back to this, the true theme of this episode, which is kind of like tradition and passing down tradition. And in this case, the introduction of Star Horse, <laughs> you could say, yeah. and the Empire is kind of threatening their traditions and how they're getting passed down. And then it's like your found family versus your blood family, which is another Star Wars theme also, where it's everyone that's blood related is killing each other. <laughs> and and uh, the found family does okay. You see that too. Yeah, throughout the entire, you know, we've seen that more than once in Visions, um, but uh, this is, you know, pretty much hits the nail on the head here with this because, you know, later in the story we have Lop. I mean, right in the beginning, once you said smash cut to the disagreement, Lop is already part of the family. She has clout in, um, she's just like, you know, as high ranked as the daughter in this, you know, Mm -hmm. Yakuza style family where you have the, you know, the, the, um, the muscle being like lop you have to stop them you know going to her right, right, right. to stop them because she has the the power to right. but then you know later in the episode we see her becoming you know he goes like i have no daughter besides you you know right and it's really about you know what what you do what your intentions are how you act mm-hmm. um and we see that in star wars a lot what you know instead of just going straight like look at you know palpatine and ray thing you know right Ray Skywalker. It's more about what your intentions are and what you do versus your actual bloodline. Exactly. And this was like some of my favorite, one of my favorite moments in this whole episode is when you have the father and Lop together and in their like sanctuary. Yeah. And the father's talking about like, oh, I may not have if there were moments where I never fully treated you like my daughter or showed preference or whatever, I never meant that. And I'm sorry. Like you, of course you're my daughter. This, that, it was a really nice scene. This whole, yeah, it was really good. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where would Star Wars be if we had more fathers in people's lives just saying that like, Hey, (laughs) you're, you're my child and I love you, you know, like (laughs) imagine how much, uh, imagine how much more stable some of these characters would be, but instead we steal them from their parents at a young age and tell them they can't love anything. (laughs) And then we wonder why they go berserk and kill a bunch of kids. So what are you gonna do? It's what the are Jedi. you gonna do? Yeah. Can we acknowledge, by the way, that uh, Lop has a uh, a scanner from Dragon Ball Z? I wrote that down. <laughs> it's got over nine thousand. <laughs> she goes. They like confront the, the Empire for also. the first time, and she puts on the scouter, and it's got a little carrot on the side. Did you see that? Which means yes, it was I like did. made a, for her. It's awesome. Her emblem is like a carrot. <laughs> It's like what? Uh, what world are we living in? <laughs> well, we we know where she comes or where her species might come from in canon. Would you say it was the planet Lepus? Yeah. So according to the behind the scenes, there's a species called I'm going to Lepus carnivorous, uh, which is on a planet called Kashel Prime, which is close to Kashyyyk. And there's an EU character named Jackson J A X X O N, uh, who is appears in One different these, comics yeah. and stuff there's illustrations of him He's and a like, high quality action figure yeah there's a star wars like a what'd you call it the black i think it's the black, black series 
black series, black label, something like that. Something like um, that. So he's got action figures. Uh, I never heard of him until after watching the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, I don't know, a bunny character, even though Star Wars has species all over the place, it doesn't feel very Star Wars to me. But Yeah, we were talking about that, and I, I don't think it really takes me out of Star Wars, because we have so many different types of aliens and, you know different types of creatures that why can't there be a, a bunny race and you know it isn't you know jackson if shows up in the clone wars or something it's going to look a little weird but in an anime she doesn't seem out of place at all you know mm. it just the style her animation style works so well with the art style that's going on in this specific episode it yeah. didn't you know bother me in the slightest it, especially I mean, yeah. you know I, just the character's design in this episode is great too like the daughter with the specific um way her face is painted and then how she changes later the dad is like such a traditional yakuza dad I, it just looks great and I, I it doesn't take me out of it at all but i i, I see where you're going for i see right. your side right and um yeah, it's interesting. Her eyeliner goes from blue to red, which is like, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> goth, she went with goth. blood, too. I was like, damn, yeah. this, this Ocho is hardcore. But um, well, she's she hard, bites she's into her thumb like a crazy person <laughs> and what, and starts rubbing it on her face. Yeah, uh, she so goes, uh, that was bizarre. But anyway, case, yeah. to, to respond to your um, lop character design uh, comment, I agree. Uh, but I think you have, like, a bunny character is unusual for star wars and i think that's why they chose that kind of character one i think they just wanted to make some kind of like animal main character anyway and two like we were talking about pushing the limits of what star wars characters are to kind of put yourself as far out of the usual star wars setting as possible just to show the influence of it and not have it fully lived in Um, and i think having a main character that is a bit untraditional was part of that was like a very calculated move so and if you're going to do that i think an anime is the really the best medium for it because even in a cartoon or a cgi or whatever you want to call it like the clone wars bad batch having a create you know a totally um different type of character in that would look a little odd but here seamless really Mm. It it feels part of the world. It feels right. It doesn't, you know, works for me. Because right. then, you know, anime always goes crazy. I mean, look at the twins. <laughs> so they, you yeah, can get away yeah. with a lot, and it, you know, somehow it works if yeah. you, you know, style everything appropriately, and the character has to be likable. And uh, I think all they, I don't think they messed up at, at any part of that. No, me neither. I, I they. I, I think it was all well calculated, and and again, it, it services this unique world that they were trying to build for this episode. So, that yeah, like they needed that, a subjugated oh, race, they needed you know the empire subjugated animal races, like you were saying. So it's all part of it. Yeah, and speaking of the world building, and um, you know, we were talking about the moment the dad and Lop shared in their sh- you know kind of like Shinto shrine type of thing, right? Um. You know, there's even more backstory about an old Jedi who came here and um, passed down some lightsaber techniques, and we actually see that they're... Yeah, they have the ancient weapon that's part of their ancestry. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And on their on their shrine is the old Jedi insignia. I, I'm sure it has a name in canon, but it's um, not the Republic insignia. It's specifically the Jedi Order's insignia, mm-hmm. and that's kind of their yeah. You know, um, I don't know what the word, but it's their on a symbol. It's, yeah, 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 of freedom, of hope. Yeah, and that's kind of cool too. I mean, it's, it's very, the main. Like, you could it's totally in like it. the altar of their shrine, and it's this yeah. Jedi symbol. So. And yeah, if you I didn't noticed know that what as that well. Was you'd never know, you know, which would be cool, right? Yeah, I recognize the symbol too, and yeah, again, this they this idea of how Star Wars was influenced by Japanese storytelling and culture, and now coming full circle with yeah. you know Star Wars influencing these Japanese stories. You have this idea of the Force and of these sacred weapons that are lightsabers, where it's like, yeah, you had sacred swords in your families. These right, a sword that was passed down for this generations. idea of connection to other people. Again, we were talking about in our last episode, the elder, the cyclical nature of power you have passing on from yeah. from father to child, and bringing like, and we're all kind of connected in that way. Much like the force is connected to all living things by passing down tradition and yep. and having these traditional aspects to their culture, and so to see that worked into this episode was fascinating and it's something that we've seen a bunch of times in these visions episodes for good reason but in in this episode in particular it taps into when it barely taps into jedi codes and jedi ways more light of a touch than any other episode i would say um what it does do is it still acknowledges like hey that connection to tradition to family to living things to balance like that all is part of the good side of the force so you're like oh okay like i bought into it immediately because i know what the force is and i know what they're getting at with like this sacred family tradition so to connect the two is a very natural connection that i think a lot of star wars fans would make very very naturally instinctually when watching this well like you said it's kind of like a feedback loop because you see this whole thing with like you know samurai swords that were passed down through generations and that's basically what lightsaber influenced lightsabers directly where you have obi-wan give uh luke his father's blade you know from a more civilized age and that you know we see that pass to ray and but like the japanese influence just runs throughout the original trilogy and star wars as a whole and like you said you just we see it come full circle again with mm. you know star wars influencing more of that and then they go even further and have it go back to like the original story but have it take place in the star wars universe which is such a cool idea mm-hmm. you know like i said in the beginning it's more of a family story that happens to be star wars right which right. just really it just works so well for me Right, and now we're smash cutting to this showdown at the center oh, of yeah. the village here between daughter and father, where she's go- where she's saying these things. Oh, you know, it's like I'm sorry, Papa. This isn't how I wanted this to happen. Some family feud. Right, I had to. You left me no choice, uh, and I'll do what I must to protect our house, even if that means I have to hurt you. So. This is something that we've seen in Star Wars too, and it's also just a very common storytelling yeah. trope as well. Of like, you're holding on to the past, old man. Like the future <laughs> is now. <laughs> like so, it's the justification we see sometimes for the dark side to protect the people that we love. You know, and yeah. um, I don't know, the the dad 
loses his other eye and which was kind of dark and morbid but interesting as well and um he goes uh lop you have to do it stop your sister mm-hmm. save her that's what family does for each other in difficult times so you're you're, you're getting hit with a lot of stuff yeah, in these don't, moments you know don't rule her out she's still worth saving you know right, like right. we've seen this many times right and then ocho's like i'm your daughter she's not even a part of this family and then the the dad goes, if you truly harsh. believe that, then I failed you as a father, which yeah. is also a pretty harsh thing to say. Yeah. And uh, well, I mean, it's true. She's gone. She went to the dark side, not literally, but kind of metaphorically. She, um, which again works perfectly. Like she doesn't have the force. She doesn't use the force. Mm. Um, but she has fallen to this story's dark side. You know what mm. I mean? You, which is just a cool, like again, not. Star Wars, it's not Star Wars E, but it has that comparison. And uh, she just goes, you know, kind of crazy. She goes all in on this mentality where she thinks she's right and she has to think she's right. Otherwise, she's going to yeah. realize what, you know, the mistakes she's made. Yeah. And because the dad goes, I'm sorry I failed you. Just mm-hmm. understand that you and Lop can still be together and you can right. make this right and she's like what are you crazy i've gone there's too far hope, right. and, and hope. yeah there's still hope yes 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 redemption right. and hope you know that's a classic star wars line anyway well, and same then, with um, redemption you know yeah and so then what i liked in this moment was ocho just is like i'm in too deep i can't go back what are you crazy and she goes to attack and when she goes to attack her eyes turn red which yeah. we know is like the embodiment of the sith the, like the dark side of the force, right? And then that's when Lop intercedes and ignites that lightsaber for the first time, which is very it's cool. A cool looking lightsaber. Yeah, it was a it was a very cinematic moment, you know, like music swelling. Mm-hmm. There's gasping going on. It was very dramatic in its presentation, and and like the lightsaber has character markings on it, like a katana, like a yeah traditional like family like katana, engraved, what right. have yeah, engraved in it, which was kind of neat too. Yeah, very ceremonial. And then, you know, Ocho's kind of heartbroken to see that. It's like, that was mine. What are you talking about? It's like, inheritance has nothing to do with blood, daughter. Uh, there's so much that matters more, was what he Dad said. Got a lot, he, Dad's got a lot of good platitudes. It actually, yeah, yeah. sometimes they're like shoehorned in and they don't feel right. This, it, all of these kind of work. I wasn't yeah. upset at any of them. No, you know? like, it felt it, good. Yes, it was a lot. Very anime style tons of yeah. dialogue but i agree unlike some other episodes I've, i feel like this one works really well mm-hmm. um and again and I, I think, think a lot of that is that really familiar the style story. and the yeah. world building too mm-hmm. you and, know, oh like yeah you you understand what's going on so well so innately um and you get the atmosphere that some of these you know could be really lame and cringy in another episode just kind of work in this and i think the whole like i said without the world building and understanding what this tale and this city is like you're going to miss out on the whole story right right. brings it back to how important that is it's true and then ocho went ahead and killed td which was it's rough very rough rough. and there was this cool moment where they're dueling and the camera goes way 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 back and it shows the classic you know in dust like empire hangar bay which we've seen in in like the in the original trilogy a bunch of times we're very familiar with it but there's the cherry blossom tree in like bright daylight in the background so it was like 
such a really cool really juxtaposition episode, of yeah. empire and Japanese culture, right? Which we've gotten every episode that we've seen, but that was a really cool shot. And again, all these hand-drawn, really meticulously detailed aspects of the backgrounds looked incredible. And then, you know, they keep dueling, doing their thing, and then, you know, it has a kind of a very ominous, sad ending about it. Yeah. She you gets know. branded with the X. <laughs> uh, Ocho gets uh, that X marked on her, which I guess, what, like a trader's mark or something? Uh, I'm not really sure. It, it, that might, maybe that mean that's a symbol that we missed. I didn't, mm-hmm. I mean, not really sure, but, you know, and but then we have dad loses she, the other eye and uh, she leaves. Yeah, she leaves and it ends with like TD is showing that um old video and where it's like with a little time yeah. <laughs> we are gonna become a proper family yeah. and then really cut to black and then roll <laughs> credits you're like that yeah. is so sad <laughs> yeah no it was it t- told a really good story uh, this it was yeah a very a, a very empire kind of ending where you're like why that's so sad yeah. <laughs> but i think it's even more depressing because like it goes back to where there was so much hope at the beginning of the story and you see exactly how much was lost from that. Right. It recontextualizes the whole meaning of that line. Like it will be a proper family. It's like now she has to fight for that as opposed to being welcomed in by, yeah. by the family. It's like now it's something she has to fight for. So. Well, I think it also goes, hey, Ocho saved her. Now she has to save Ocho. Right. Bring it full right. circle. You know, it's kind of like a yin yang thing. Right. There's a exactly. whole cyclical nature to this, you know, to a traditional story arc from whatever. I don't know what the origination of this kind of tale was, but I'm sure there is one. And you, know, this, you hope a, that one day Lop and Ocho went off to reconcile after a huge, you know, climactic battle or something. Well, <laughs> realistically, this is, you know, we see this in the Clone Wars TV show. We see it in Star Wars in general. We see it here. So you beat the Empire. You beat beat them out of your planet. You cheer. You have a, you know, we saved the day. Okay, bye, guys. Uh, why wouldn't they just come back with, like, three Star Destroyers and glass this planet? You know? <laughs> like, right. That's what I never... I, I we There's so many episodes in the Clone Wars that are like that, too, where they kick the the not the empire but the uh the droids out of a planet and why wouldn't they just come back with like a ton of droids and say hey you disobey us we're gonna blow up the whole place now why wouldn't the empire just come back with more ships right right now i know it takes away from the story a little bit but the problem is when um you do these kind of stories in Star Wars specifically, it doesn't work because in tradi- in a traditional Japanese scenario, if you kicked out the bad, you know, the head honcho or something, he might not have enough firepower to come back and take over. You might have actually won, like, you know, bandits in a Wild West, um, what's it called? They come into the town and the sheriff has to kick them out. And you can actually do that because there's like 20 of them, not... The entire, the whole point of the Empire's fleet was to rule by such a huge margin that nobody can even oppose you, and they did that for years. Mm. So, and the same with the CIS, man. It was there was just too many of them to not have that be a problem, and right. it's kind of never acknowledged, and that kind of annoys me. But it's not <laughs> a new, it's not a new Star Wars issue we've had, and I don't think it takes away from the story because it's no. been going on for so long. But it does. I wish they kind of. 
fix that plot hole that's been you know, <laughs> running for 20 years. Yeah, but in terms of this episode, I appreciate that it was able to adopt a lot of the spirit of that and build perhaps the richest world that we've seen oh, in for Star sure. Wars Visions. So, uh, I mean, maybe like the Ninth Jedi might come close, but I think Lop and Ocho, like if it's going to have one strength beyond being the bunny episode it is the the world building episode and those beautiful hand-drawn backgrounds i think are also just like like stand out stunning um yeah toby i love the animation style of Mm -hmm. b2 just because of its off the walls creativity but for this one it's technical aspects and its appreciation to the craft of animation it's very artistic yeah so that's lapanocho yeah, I, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. It was a it was a very different vibe than a lot of the other episodes, but I think mm-hmm. that works incredibly works. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, again, it's it's a nice diverse showing for this anthology series. I think it's it, it kind of stands out more uniquely than some of the other ones uh, in a good way. So. Yeah. And, and you know what I do? I do think it hit. This one has more world building than the Ninth Jedi. The Ninth Jedi yeah, sets up a world. <laughs> you know, it sets up for like a movie or a TV show and it does a lot of world building, but not as much because, mm. you know, there's just, you know, there's too many locations in that one. This one is, like you said, it's Lop's house, the bazaar and the the place where they fight. And they're able to really meticulously give you this city and this planet versus the ninth Jedi really starts world building and it leaves you wanting much more. Like, um, I would rat that's, I think we've said this, like if I want a TV show or a movie, I think I want the ninth Jedi, but this would fill you know, finishing the arc of Lop and Ocha would be very interesting too. But you know, right. you could say that about, yeah. I would love the Ronin. I would love, yeah, I'd love any of these, but I do feel like, the whole purpose of the ninth Jedi was to leave you thinking like the adventure had just begun, yeah. you know, and wanting more. So doesn't surprise me at all. But yeah. talking about Lapanocho, good stuff all around. Yeah. Fan. Enjoy. Enjoy. So that's it, guys. Uh, Lapanocho. Highly recommend. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it if you haven't. <laughs> yeah. Like you could have watched it in half the time it would have taken you to listen to this, but. Um, oh well, we appreciate you for listening. Thanks for stopping by. I wonder if anybody listens to us without watching the episode, because that would be odd. Because we go on for way odd. too long about something yeah. they haven't seen, and the episodes are just all really well made. So you definitely want to watch those. But I know. Oh, you mean their episodes? I thought oh, you meant yeah. our episodes. Are you our kidding episodes me? Are really well made. No, the production on our stuff is it's non-existent. <laughs> What, what do you mean not existing? We didn't have like dead air for a minute the other day. <laughs> so anyway, guys, we made it to the end. Thank you all for listening. Check did. out Roger Roger Pod. We've got one more. Akakiri. Oh, last Coming one. up. Last yeah. one. So we're almost there. And uh, until next time, guys. All right. See ya. Goodbye. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger.
Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. <laughs>